Have your way, brother. All right. Good evening. Are you glad to be here? Are you excited? Do you love the Lord? God is good. All the time. Boy, we've been blessed four nights, haven't we? But I, I'm going to tell you something tonight. I'm not going to preach. I'm going to let the Lord preach. I found out that I can't do anything on my own. But I know all things are possible with God. Amen? Wow. Tonight I want to talk to you for a few minutes. But before we, uh, you know, I want to talk to you about the powerful touch of the Lord. How many of you believe that the touch of Jesus is powerful? Amen. You ever been touched by the Lord? Amen. A lot of people need that touch, don't they? Right. Praise the Lord for that touch. You know, I saw where they dropped this big bomb the other day. But Jesus is more powerful than that bomb. That's right. There's a lot of power on this old earth, but none is powerful as Jesus. I want us, I'm going to be looking at a lot of scripture tonight, but uh, you're in trouble. I don't see a clock, and a preacher don't wear a watch. Okay? So we're just going to let the, we, you know, for the last four nights, we've let the, just let the Lord lead. That we've been blessed. We try to program some of our services sometime, don't we? We put this, this, this. This is the way we're going to do it, God. Instead of saying, God, have your way. I learned something one night several years ago. We lived down at Stella, and there was a little black church down the road. And I worked with a dear friend, Mr. Ezel Gilbert. Some of you might have known Mr. Ezel. He invited me and Kathy down to their revival. Brother Stanley Garrett was preaching. You ever heard Brother Stanley Garrett preach? We walked in. They took us up on the front seat. They didn't have a songbook. Somebody over here would start singing, we join in. Somebody over here would start singing, we join in. The whole time that he was preaching, people were up at this altar praying. And I just felt the Spirit. We just got to let the Lord lead. Amen. I want us tonight, I want us to look first of all to Matthew 8, 1 through 4. Matthew 8, 1 through 4. I want us to look at the powerful touch of Jesus Christ. Matthew 8, 1 through 4. It says, if you stand one more time, When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Yeah. Wow. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And look at this. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Right. Wow. And Jesus said unto him, See thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. God, thank you for loving us tonight. Thank you that you loved us so much that you came and died on an old rugged cross. 
But thank you on that third day, that tomb couldn't hold you. And you live today. We're here tonight to lift you up, to praise you. This is your service. Lord, I pray tonight I'm going to just open my mouth and you're going to preach through me because I can't do anything without you. And whatever happens here tonight, Lord, we're going to give you the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Look at that. This poor man had, was a leper. It was a terrible skin disease. Can you imagine how lonely this man was? He had to live outside the city in a, in a leper colony. His friends, his family, his community had deserted him when he, they found out he had this disease. He was lonely, nobody around. And I guarantee you nobody would touch him except one. That's Jesus. You see, Jesus doesn't see the outside. He sees the inside. My wife, Kathy, this morning at church did children's church. And she had some M&Ms and she put a blindfold on her husband and this preacher. And my thing was, I'd take one and put it in my mouth and I'd guess the color of it. I never got a one of them. But you see, they look different on the outside, but on the inside, they were the same. When Jesus looks at us, he doesn't see the outside. He sees the inside. And he went to this leper. Nobody else would touch him. Nobody else would have anything to do with him. And Jesus said, laid his hands on him and touched him. He said, if you want to, you can make me clean. What Jesus said, what Jesus say, I will be thou clean. He touched that man. He didn't have to take any medicine. No x-ray. No rehab. He didn't need any insurance. Jesus touched him and he was immediately cleansed. I remember several years ago, Jesus touched me and he cleansed me. Has he cleansed you? Give him praise. All this poor man needed was the touch of Jesus. But I want to tell you tonight, there's a lot of people out there tonight, they haven't got leprosy, but boy, they've got burdens. They've got heartaches. You can go into your community and you can go to every house and there'll be a need. There's family problems, there's sickness, they've lost a loved one, child's gone astray, there's a burden. One night, one day I was sitting in the office and God got a hold of me and he said, you need to get in your car, I've got somewhere for you to go. I thought, okay. I got in my car, I didn't know where I was going. He took me in a subdivision, and when I got in front of a house, he said, stop. I didn't know who lived there, never had been there. And I got out, and I went to the door, and there was a little elderly lady met me, tears running down her face. 
And I said, Lady, the Lord sent me to see you. She said, Preacher, I'm so glad you came. She said, Me and my husband have been married 65 years and they've just left to take him to the nursing home. She needed the touch of Jesus. And Jesus used this old preacher to go and talk to her. He will use you. You just got to let him use you. I want to tell you, there's people out there that's burdened and they're hurting and they need somebody to come and tell them about this Jesus. They need somebody to come and tell them about the powerful touch of this Jesus. Brother Tommy was telling the other night, you might not have been there, I want to share this with you again. Down at Zion, you know, there's a, little, there's a creek there. And how old was he, Tommy? Six-year-old. He fell into that water and went under that concrete pillar. He stayed under that water for six minutes, and he's okay. Praise the Lord. That was only God that could do that. Six minutes? I couldn't do it one minute. But God. Wow. That's the God that we serve. Amen? Wow. You ever, you ever, you saw, every one of you saw God do miracles, eh? I want to tell you about two or three, that, just a few that I've saw. I got a call one night about 11 o'clock to come to Vanderbilt Children's Hospital. And there was a man, his grandson was up there, and he, he didn't know anything, and he didn't even know we were there, and they thought he wasn't going to make it. He had some kind of infection. They were talking about trying to cut his leg off that morning. Didn't know where he was going to live or not. We prayed and we prayed. The next morning, that morning, there was a new doctor came in. And he talked to the family and he said, we've got a new medicine we've never used. He said, if you want us to, if you'll sign all these papers, we'll, giving us permission, we'll use them. That young man's 20-something year old today and doing fine. Amen. God! I got a call to Clamary County Hospital one night, a man that I had talked to for a long time. I got there, and he was in bad shape. He grabbed my hand, tears running down his face, and he accepted Jesus Christ. Right. Two days later, God took him on home. Right. And one night, we were in a Bible study on Wednesday night. And a man came in and he said, a member of our church, their little baby was just very tiny. He said, they've got him at the uh, Giles County Hospital. They don't think he's going to live. They've got tubes, IVs all in him. They're going to fly him to Vanderbilt. We just hit our knees at the altar. Well, before we left, the man come back in. He said, preacher, they're sending that baby back home. They can't find nothing wrong with it. Touch of Jesus. Man. Do you remember that fellow in the Bible? He lived in a graveyard. Boy, he needed Jesus. I mean, he didn't have one demon. He had a legion. 
He was full of demons. That Those demons had took control of this poor man's body. They took over his life. He would run through that, uh, the mountains and he'd run through them, those tombs and had stone cutting himself, blood flying everywhere. Those people couldn't handle him. They'd put chains on him. He'd break them. They'd put fetters on him. He broke them. They couldn't control him, but one did, Jesus. Jesus came. He called. He said, told those demons to come out, and he put them in a bunch of hogs. They run off of a cliff into the water and drown. And boy, the news got into the town. They came out to see what in the world is going on. There sat that man. They knew him. They knew that they put chains on him and fetters on him. They knew they couldn't contain him. But here he sat, and the Bible says he was in his right mind. He was in his right mind. Folks, I want to tell you something. There's a lot of people out there tonight that think that nobody cares for them. But I want to tell you somebody does, and that's Jesus. Can I tell you that he went to the cross and died for you? He went through a beating, and they tore his back apart. They nailed him to a cross, put him in a borrowed tomb, but three days later he arose, and he lives today. He did that for you and me and for the world. Thank you, Jesus. Did you thank him for it today? I want us to look at Matthew 9, 27 through 31. Matthew 9, 27 through 31. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. Thank God for his mercy. And when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? They said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith be it unto you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, That no man know it. But they, when they were departed, spread abroad his fame in all the country. Two blind men. Boy, they had a need, didn't they, folks? They were following Jesus and they were crying out to him. Boy, they wanted to see, folks. They had lived in darkness all their life. They wanted to be able to see. And there was only one that could do that, and that was Jesus. And they followed after him. Look what it says there. They had, folks, they had one hope, and that hope was standing right beside them. We've got one hope. And he's here tonight. The Spirit of Lord is here tonight. He is the only hope that we have. Those blind men, boy, they wanted to see. And folks, I'm going to tell you, Jesus was there. I want to tell you something. When Jesus shows up, great things happen. When Jesus passes by, great things happen. For the last four nights, we saw that. Amen? Amen. When Jesus shows up, things happen. Thank you, Jesus. But look what Jesus asked him. Do you believe I can do this? 
They said, yes, Lord. You know why so many of our, our prayers are not answered? Because we pray, we just down deep inside don't believe He's going to do it. We don't believe He can do it. Let me tell you, He will and He can. If we will pray and believe. Pray and believe. You ever thought about it? If these two men had said no, they would have died blind, wouldn't they, folks? But they believed. And Jesus, you know what He did? He touched them, and they, they could see. Wow. And it said their eyes were open. Praise the Lord. Again, they had one hope, and that was Jesus. We've got one hope, and that's Jesus, folks. We've got to believe. So many people don't believe, Dave. Do you believe that? I saw something this past week that I, I, I didn't know. I read where they say there's two billion, two billion Christians in the world. Not two million, two billion. That's a lot of people that profess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, ain't it? Think about it, folks. Two billion. But I want to tell you something. On a Sunday morning, FBI couldn't find one third of them. And on Sunday night, Wednesday night, they just quit looking. Quit looking. Do you, actually, do you think that a lot of people that call themselves Christians actually believe that Jesus parted the Red Sea? I mean, the Israelites got down there and there was the sea and the whole Pharaoh and the enemy coming up behind them. They had nowhere to go. Jesus said, I'll take care of that. Psh, parted water. Do you think that a lot of Christians actually believe that? Wow. Do you actually believe that a lot of Christians believe that Jesus Christ raised Lazarus from the dead? He'd been in a tomb for four days and was stinking, and Jesus said, come out of there, brother. And Lazarus came running with a burial clothes on. I'm going to tell you, if Christians actually believed that, they'd get on fire for the Lord. If Christians actually believed that, they'd show up to serve the Lord. Churches would be full on Sunday night, Wednesday night, and Sunday morning. Yeah. Folks, I'm going to tell you what. God is real. Yeah. This right here is real. He says He's coming back one day. You believe that? Yeah. Do you think that a lot of Christians actually believe that Jesus Christ is coming back? No. If they did, they'd get on fire for him. If they did, they would be a witness for him. If they would, they'd let the worldly things go. Oh, but preacher, I went to church Christmas. Went Easter. Thank you. You know what I tell them? But Jesus went to the cross and died for you. Amen. 
I was thinking one day, what if God said, I'm going to be with you two, two Sundays a year? <laughs> Boy, we'd be in bad shape, wouldn't we, brothers and sisters? But he says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Thank you, Jesus. He loves us when we're not even lovable, don't he, folks? Wow. He's precious. He saved my soul. I'm going to heaven one day. Does that get Christian? Does that get Baptist excited anymore? It should. It should. I want us to look at some some more scripture right now. Acts 3, 1 through 9. Boy, I love this. Acts 3, 1 through 9. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. Where were they going? Pray. Prayer warriors. We need prayer warriors today. And a certain man lame from his brother, mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seeing G, uh, Peter and John about to go into the temple asked an alms. And Peter fastened his eyes up on, with John, on him with John said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And look at this. I love this. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and what? Praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Now think about that. Peter and John, they're going up to the temple to pray. And here sits this poor man that he's crippled, never walked. And somebody has to carry him everywhere he goes. And they put him outside here. And he's sitting here with his little cup. The only way he made a living is people dropped their pennies in it. And here comes Peter and John. And they stop and they look at him. He thinks, boy, they're going to put some money in my cup. But they said, you know what, brother? Silver and gold, we ain't got any. But we got something more precious than silver and gold. I want to tell you, your silver and gold won't get you to heaven. Only Jesus Christ will get you to heaven. And I love this. Look at this, what he says in verse 6. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You ever thought what went through this man's mind? Never walked. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately... Not next week, but immediately. 
His feet and ankles receive strength. God ever tell you to do anything, you say, oh, I can't do it. I've been guilty of that. Anybody else say amen? Amen. God put something out there for us to do. We say, oh, I can't do it. Yes, we, we can't, but God can. Amen. This poor man can't, couldn't walk, but God could make him walk. Amen. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. I love that. He started praising God. He went in the temple running, praising God. I want to tell you something. If somebody started running in one of our Baptist churches today, they'd call the police and they'd come and lock them up. We've become so sophisticated. I read something the other day that I couldn't believe what I was reading. Several years ago, our Baptist leaders said that the Baptist preachers were just getting too excited. Well, evidently, they don't serve the same God I do. My God, everything is possible with my God. He's all-powerful. He saved my soul. He forgave my sins. And I'm going to heaven one day. That should be excitement. Jesus is, Jesus is an excited God, folks. But I'm going to tell you something. But I want to go back to verse 8 and 9. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. You see, when people see us excited about Jesus, they don't say, boy, I want what they've got. But if they see us all down, they see that frown on their face. They see no excitement. They say, oh, boy, I don't want what they got. But I believe if they'd have been to these meetings we've had, they say, boy, I want what they've got. Amen. It ain't nothing to do with us. It's all about Jesus, ain't it, Father? You know, he gets all the praise, honor, and glory for what happens in these. These are his. He had dealt with me to do this for a long time. You know what I said? Ooh, I just can't do it right now. And I was sitting there one night, I was reading my Bible, and you know what Jesus told me? He said, just do it. He even showed me the scriptures. Just do it. When he tells us something, he said, just do it, and you'll be blessed. Boy, I've been blessed. You know what old Satan would say? Oh, you can't do that. There's no use doing that. The five churches are not going to come together. But boy, we showed old Satan, didn't we? Amen. Satan's a loser. He done lost. You see, he thought he won when Jesus died on the cross. But boy, that's when he, old Satan really lost. We serve a living Savior. Folks, 
This man went in the temple running. Preacher, are you saying he went in the church running? Yes, I am. We need people running in the church today. We need lost people running to Jesus. We need Christians running to the altar praying for those that are lost. We need Christians in the church running to the altar praying for those that are backslidden. And boy, there's a bunch of them. We need people come running to the altar praying for preachers. A lot of people think, well, preachers, all they do is preach on Sunday morning. Let me tell you, they need to walk in our shoes for a while. The burden that we have when we look out and we see the empty pews where our relatives and our friends and our neighbors used to sit, now they're empty because they've left God and went back out into the world. Boy, it burdens a pastor. It burns us when we see families in our churches just torn apart. And we see the, the, our members and they're, and they're sick and it burdens us. We need your prayers. You know, we're not Superman. But God gives us strength. Thank you, Jesus. We do more than preach on Sunday morning, don't we, fellas? And so many people have backslidden. It breaks my heart and all these pastors' heart. They've just done just like old Peter did. You remember Peter? I mean, Jesus had told him, he said, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. And old Peter said, oh no, not me. Not me. Folks, I'm going to tell you, it can happen to anybody. Don't ever think that it can't happen to you. That's why you have to stay close to God. That's why you have to stay in this book right here. If you don't, oh, Satan will slip in the back door. Peter said, oh, no, I'll, I'll die for you. You remember where old Peter was? He failed God. He failed. Remember, he told, Jesus told him to pray for him out in the garden. Where was Peter? He was asleep. He couldn't even stay awake one hour to pray for the Lord. And when they arrested Jesus, you know where Peter was? He wasn't walking by the precious side of Jesus. He was sitting around the fire warming himself with the enemies of the Lord. He even denied the Lord that bought his soul and kept it out of hell. And when that rooster crowed, can you imagine how Peter felt? It said he, he went out and he wept bitterly when he realized where he was spiritually and what he had done to Jesus Christ, it broke his heart. That's where a lot of our brothers and sisters today, they need to realize where they are spiritually and it needs to break their heart because they're not serving and worshiping the Lord like they should. Can you imagine how it broke Jesus' heart when Peter denied him? Can you imagine how it breaks Jesus' heart today when people deny him and walk out away from him? Wow. Wow.
Folks, I'm going to tell you tonight. We serve a God that just kept the meal in that barrel. He kept the oil in the jug. We serve a Savior that walked on water. You believe that tonight? We serve a God that can just touch people and heal. He said, he, remember the lady that had an issue of blood for 12 years? She'd spend all of her money and still not getting any better. She was getting worse. But she finally went to the right doctor. She said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, she had some faith. And when she touched the heel of his garment, Jesus Christ healed her immediately. It was because of her faith and because of the power of Jesus. Immediately. She didn't even get a bill for it, did she? Immediately. Wow. The touch of Jesus. I'm going to ask you a question tonight. Do you know this Jesus? Amen. Do you know tonight without a shadow of a doubt if he came back or you died, you'd go to heaven? That's right. yeah. Oh, well, maybe, maybe. I hope so. No, there's no maybe or no hope so. There's no in between. You're either are or you ain't. Amen. You're either saved or you're lost. Right. And you know it and Jesus knows it. You can fool this preacher or any of these preachers. You can fool your family. You can fool the one sitting beside of you, but you will not fool Jesus Christ. You see, he knows your heart. He knows me better than I know myself. Do you know him? If you don't, tonight's your night. Not tomorrow. He doesn't say wait till tomorrow because there might not be a tomorrow. He, today is the day of salvation. Today. Yeah, but preacher, I, I, I'm a member of so-and-so Baptist church. That ain't going to get you to heaven. But I've been baptized four times. That won't get you to heaven. Only if you've had a personal relationship with Jesus are you going to heaven. And nobody can take that away from you. They can take your credit card. They can steal your car. They can take your house, but they can't take your salvation. Do you know him? Don't walk out of here tonight lost. You don't have to walk out of here lost because Jesus is here. And when he's here, great things happen. This altar ought to be full tonight. I mean, you've got somebody that you know that's lost. Jesus still answers prayer. This altar ought to be full tonight. People praying for those that are burdened and less fortunate and and backslidden. You ought to be praying for your church and and, and, and the members of your church and your pastors. Wow. Power of Jesus, the touch. You need him to touch you tonight? Are you burdened? Is something inside of you just tearing you apart? I mean, boy, it's been you've been down for a long time, and it, it's not gonna get any better till you come give it to Jesus. Amen. Amen. 
tonight's your night. And I know exactly what Satan is saying. <sighs> Wait till next week. You know, I might not even be here next week. I might not be here tomorrow, but I know where I'm going. Do you? Would you stand? Father, this is your invitation. You know every heart in this building tonight. And Lord, I pray tonight that the people would be obedient to do what you call them to do. Lord, if there's a lost soul in this building, I pray that you've convicted them and they'll be obedient to come to you tonight. And we'll give you the praise for it. Are there those that are burdened, heartbroken? I pray that they'll just come tonight and just give it all to you. Maybe there are some Christians in this building tonight that just needs to rededicate their life, Father. Surrender their all to you. I pray tonight would be the night. And whatever happens, we're going to give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name.